How you doing there? This is Lachlan Monroe, and I have my hat on, but you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. the station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil i'm joined by bruno dubois a filmmaker of zealandia which is playing at Shriekfest coming up in just a few weeks yeah hi how are you i'm good thanks good to have you here can you explain to people who aren't familiar yet what zealander zealandia is yeah so zealandia is a short film um that we've made uh, uh with my partner um, a few years ago, but we finished it in March 2020. Um, Zelandia is a short film who tells the story of a character um, coming into what is New Zealand, but we kind of called it Zelandia. It's after um, a virus that decimated the population of the world. Um, it's been uh, written and um, produced before COVID. Um, that's going to be one of my first questions. That's, that's, very, that's very bizarre, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, uh, yeah, it, it tells the story of New Zealand being kind of the only virus-free country in the world, which is um, was the case for a long, long time. So it was very bizarre to um, to see that the short film kind of was not no longer science fiction, but more of a social drama. Yeah, it's very wild. So um, when so you write this and you're finishing it, and then you know the pandemic hits. What goes through your mind? Like, what do you know? You think like. People are going to think I wrote this because of this? Or? Yeah, um, I mean, the, what went through my mind is, like I said, so we finished in March 2020, and I think New Zealand, we we went into lockdown probably a couple of weeks after. Um, the first thing I thought is that the film probably wouldn't have 
the same impact or, or the same response um, for the audience because I thought or the audience will be sick of or probably won't want to speak about or talk about or see a film about a pandemic because they're living one. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my first reaction. I was worried that um, the film wouldn't do well in festival and that people wouldn't want to watch it, which was actually was the opposite, um, uh, you know, that thankfully. Um, the other thing as well was, yeah, I just couldn't, we couldn't believe um, that that all the stuff that my panel was, you know, has written as the script and that we and that we made together was um, something that happened in reality. Like in the movie, we talked about um, robots kind of uh, uh, being used to fight the pandemic because obviously they cannot be infected. And then all of a sudden, you start reading that they're using in hospital, they're using little robots to just do you know things like taking the temperature and stuff like that to just obviously um, having not the, the, the hospital personnel being infected. So you see all these little details that we had in the film kind of coming into life. That was completely surreal. Yeah, it's it's wild. So, uh, who is your partner in, with the film? So, partner, my partner is Aline Tran. Um, she was the writer. Uh, she's my partner in life. She was the writer of the film and the DOP of the film. So she's been um, a DOP for a long, long time um, in various projects, uh, international in French and New Zealand. And then um, she wrote that short film, Zelandia, and kind of we we did it together. Um, Do you often work together? Yes. Uh, um, I mean, people would say that it's always a challenge. Um, uh, it, it, you know, when you, when you work with people that are not close to you, you, you always kind of try to be diplomatic and, and, you know, not to try to brush the people the wrong way. Obviously, with your partner, it's a lot more direct line of communication. You are a lot more open and you don't take as much um, caution sometimes to just discuss ideas. So we had some kind of heated debates, but um, all for the better. Yeah. Interesting, because the first movie I was a uh, uh, feature film I was on right before the pandemic, but it was made by a married couple. And uh, you would think like on set sometimes like, uh, whoa, you know, but, you know, offset that they got along very well. It's kind of like we were saying, you know, uh, they're used to each other, so they know they're not going to offend each other if they get mad. Yeah, exactly. Or, exactly. Or not necessarily mad, but, you know, they debate and what's going on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you think um, um, do you have like different strengths in her and, and her different strengths in you? Yeah, um, uh, um, she obviously she's very good at creating the story and writing the story and imagining the world. And she was really, really good developing the characters. Um, the main character, Eva, is definitely um, totally her work, um, obviously, in the writing. But but also after, as we were filming, um, it was really good to have her to have her as the DP and the writer on set to, you know, really guide the actress as well into, um, you know, the journey of the film. Um, so I think she was, you know, well, I mean, she is really good at that and really good at creating stories. Um, I was more, uh, I think my strength is more the practicality of, of um, um, having the pages in front of me and making sure that we can do that practically on set and kind of transcript what's on the page and, and making sure that we do a, a good vision and a good um, uh, kind of direction to the film, really, to the story so um we we go along really well together and i think we 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 work well together so um, um the the film definitely um shows that we um we we use our strengths to the maximum um so when you create like this whole new world uh was there ever plans or are there plans to expand this to either a feature or a series or 
Yep. So currently, um, um, Aline Mapano, she's writing uh, the novel called Zelandia. Um, mm-hmm. So she's writing a novel first, and then we're planning to develop it as a TV series. So that's um, that's going to be the next step. We, um, um, as she's writing the novel um, um, with her, we're developing the pilot for the TV series, um, and we just we've got a few produ- producers attached, and we're going to push that forward and hopefully make it as a t- TV series in the in the coming years. Yeah, watching it, I thought it would play well as a series. Honestly. Yeah, I think it would we definitely have that in our mind. And 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 the, the one thing about the series that we have to be careful of is obviously before it was a full science fiction, and you know, obviously nobody really knew about pandemic, and there's right. been plenty of movie being made about a pandemic. Now we definitely have to think more carefully about what people know about a pandemic, what people have experienced as a pandemic. So it's um yeah, we just have to be more had to be more creative because obviously a few things was like, well, that's been seen before now, you know, but we, that was, that was science fiction before and now it became reality. So we just had to adjust and Aline adjusting that in, in her writing to, uh, to make it as interesting as possible. Something I would also think now that we're in the pandemic, um, people are going to read in uh, different political views like, Oh, they're trying to say this or they're, or they're anti this or they're pro this. And uh, I don't know if that's a concern of yours. Well, it did totally. Um, and it was already with the short film. Um, for example, you know, there's um, um, in the, the, I mean, I won't reveal the ending, but mm-hmm. but one of the main character goes at the end, it's kind of an open ending and goes kind of against what normally people should do and not take the risk right. to bring the virus into into a country, which at the start in New Zealand, obviously, um, that was what the country was trying to do. What, well, not to do. It was absolutely not to bring anything that could bring the virus into, to, into the country. So as, as we made the film, the film was being watched by people. We're like, oh, maybe people will think that we are against right. the closure of the border or that we're against, you know, letting families coming to visit us because they might bring the virus. So, you know, it, there's definitely a, a, a political aspect to it that it was not that we didn't think of um, before or while we were making the movie. That's for sure. So yeah. we are careful of, of, of all of that as we are developing the TV series. Yeah, it's interesting because that is a big part of sci-fi in general. You know, people have political and social commentary, uh, you know, that they're talking about. Uh, but this one is almost, you know, uh, accidental that, you know, when people could draw their own conclusions, which honestly is, a, is good, though. At the same time, people can draw their own conclusions and what it's trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, where do oh, yeah, I know you shot this in New Zealand, but where like uh, how did you find the sets and like where, where exactly did you shoot it? So we um, so, yeah, we, we shot it in New Zealand and originally um, the story was supposed to take place. They, the refugee were coming in a plane. And so we had an agreement with the New Zealand Air Force and we were supposed to shoot in one of their cargo plane and Achilles and which was, you know, really cool and really visual. That was, you know, really amazing. And um, and then a couple of weeks before we started shooting, the plane got sent to Afghanistan for a secret mission that they didn't tell us about. But they told us that the plane was no longer available. So we had to change kind of the story, you know, like that. And so we we um, uh, took to our location manager, which is highly experienced here in New Zealand, and he showed us the images of the tunnels. Um, and it's an old fortress, that um, Second World War fortress that's here in Wellington that I, I, before the shoot didn't really know that it was that yeah. it existed. But um, he showed us the photo and I was like, okay, well, we can totally, instead of making it all happening in an airport, we can totally sell the idea that they arrive by boat, get taken into that place and everything take place like that underground so we find that location like i said we lost the plane 
couple of days later, the location manager showed us the photo. We went to see the fortress, talked to the people over there. And, you know, within a week and a half, we were there shooting. So it was a very, very fast process. And and no, now that I think about it, I don't, it was actually a blessing that the plane got sent to Afghanistan because yeah. I think that location was absolutely amazing. And and the location um, was kind of ready as it is. We We barely had to do anything to it really it was really um really well um uh, looked after and um and and it had that amazing look now was that was that like privately owned or is like the military owned that and they i was just wondering like who allows you to to use that and if if in so new zealand people are pretty open about letting you use things yeah, well, um, yeah, they are. I mean, for that particular fortress, um, that's been a part of a group of people that wants to renovate it and keep it alive. So uh, obviously we didn't show it in the film, but there's a few little um, uh, uh, rooms into the bunker where they've got puppets to replicate what would a radio operator do to, do during the Second World War. And, you know, they've got the big cannon um, there as well. So there's a, it's like a museum as well, where people can go and just see the history of what New Zealand did to protect themselves against the Japanese as they thought they would invade um, um, uh, New Zealand. So we basically went there and just um, talked to them and they were quite happy um, to for us to, to use it because that museum is only open kind of a few times during the year, but it's, it's closed for the rest of the year. And so they, um, they're quite happy for us to use it. And we made a donation to the uh, restoration group and, um, and yeah, they were really, really happy to um, for us to to get there but like if you go right now if i would go there the, all the door would be closed and you right, just right. really need to contact yeah. that person to just yeah. to let you in it's uh it's you know not the public cannot just access it freely uh, the last like uh, probably a couple decades like a lot of uh you know big hollywood movies do a lot of shooting in new zealand so did that help the the film community there like uh is there a lot of work in the films and is it is it something that's more accessible to get involved in yeah, I, mean, I would say more than definitely. I mean, I've, I've, when I'm not directing my own project, I worked as an assistant director on, on other projects and I've worked on, on the Hobbit trilogy and Ghost in the Shell and Mortal Engine and kind of big American production that came down here to New Zealand. And, and, and obviously, uh, uh, you know, I made a lot of connections. I learned a lot working for highly experienced directors. Um, so that definitely helped me um, to, to direct my own project, to have an understanding of visual effects and having an understanding of, of each part of of the filmmaking process uh, but more than that i made a lot of connections um, of people around me that can and help to do the short film so i had probably for to make the short film i have i have the crew that had probably 20 25 years experience so obviously that definitely helps to have people who know what they're doing and and um and we all knew each other from various projects that we did together so we had that great atmosphere on set but i had I was absolutely um, fortunate to have people that are were highly experienced and used their, their highly skills to help me make the movie. And I think we can see that in the final product that um, you know that people are, are, are you know were really gifted and talented to um to be part of the filmmaking process. Before you know Peter Jackson did the Lord of the Rings trilogy and then that, uh, what was the film community like in New Zealand? Were they really making a lot of things there? Very small. I mean, we do, we had we had Jane, Jane Campion who did the piano, who won Cannes, um, uh, you know, a few years back, and um, Peter Jackson did Heavenly Creature, which was before Lord of the Ring. That was kind of a medium size 
um, um, project, but it was mainly local local films um, that were made in local TV series, but nothing to the scales as it is now. Like they they had no studio. I think the first film studios were built, you know, by Peter Jackson, if I recall correctly, and and Peter definitely helped boost the film industry and and obviously uh, because of Lord of the Rings it just puts New Zealand on the map of the world as a place where people could could come down and and film and then since then we had massive productions coming down here which now we've got highly experienced crews and multiple studios and 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 New Zealand is definitely a a big film hub in um into the world now uh, which is really good for us um working in the country yeah definitely um so are you a horror movie fan or science fiction fan? Like what kind of films did you watch before you got involved in making them? Definitely, definitely a sci-fi um, um, type of person. Um, I like horror films, but I, I would say that I'm definitely more of a sci-fi. I've always been interested into uh, world since I was um, a kid. I think the very first um, um, uh, TV series actually it was a TV series that I watched was called Tripod um, and I was in Belgium being like I don't know 10 or 11 years old and it was all these these big massive tripod machine that would just slowly walk through field and capture they're having a big clan coming and grabbing humans and kidnapping yeah. them and you know so that, that's Sounds kind almost of the, like uh, the original uh um, what is it? Uh, War of the Worlds, because it was almost yeah, like big tripod. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It was something very similar. Um, uh, but yeah, that's definitely what gave me the the you know the the feel for the for the science fiction. And I've always been passionate about world that are different than the that the world we live in, um, and how we can push boundaries to to things that we cannot really experience um, into our real life. So I've always been a, a massive fan of, of sci-fi and every time there's a sci-fi coming out in the movies or TV, I'm always, always a big, big fan. I have to say in Belgium, we do, uh, because I'm, I'm originally from Belgium. I've been yeah. here in New Zealand for 15 years now, but um, I, was, I was born in Belgium and, um, and we, there was a lot more social drama movie, uh, kind of more um, kind of dark, social, sad couple of characters movie and I've never I've found them very depressing and I know they're very important for you know to tell social drama um, situation and stories of real people but I've never you know been really um, a big fan of them and I think that's probably what kind of pushed me towards other worlds maybe because I, I couldn't really watch the reality of, of what was around us in Belgium at the time in this movie that pushed me to watch movies that were telling stories of different world and, and, and different characters and people that were not living amongst us, I guess. Yeah. Now, did you get involved in films when you were in Belgium or was it more something once you got to New Zealand? No, I was uh, I was uh, um, working for the Belgian television. I was uh, I was a reporter, um, uh, and then I did that for a few years. And then I was I had no wife, no kids, and I decided to travel to New Zealand. And I was only supposed to stay a year, and it's been fifteen years, like I said before. And like, I got I, I got a job, and then someone gave me another one, and now people are crazy enough to keep employing me. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, I've, uh, I'm now a full, full citizen of New Zealand and I've got my partner and my kids here. And um, yeah, I definitely love it. It's a beautiful country and a um, very nice place to live and raise children. And um, like we said, we've been really lucky to, um, to be COVID free. For, for almost a year. I mean, we we just we are now in, back in lockdown, slightly mainly Auckland, the big city in the north. Um, but 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 we're hopefully going to be out of out of it soon. And um, yeah, we've been really lucky to be able to live almost normally for um, for almost a year. And um, yeah, so it's uh, very happy to be to be here. But it's definitely in New Zealand that I made my film career. Yeah. Um, about the, the idea of doing it as a series, I've talked to you know lots of independent filmmakers on the show, and a lot of them 
suggest um, instead of doing a, you know, a feature film uh, series is the way to go because of the rise of all the different streaming sites and they need like content and a series, you know, is just more content than the one movie. Totally. And, and that's the reason as well. I mean, it's not the main reason. The main reason we wanted to do it as a series is because we felt the character um, we, we kind of tried to do a, a timeline of what would a feature film be. And we, we were like, my God, we're never going to be able to squeeze all right, of that yeah, right, yeah. In a, into a 90-minute film. So we were like, okay, well, we definitely um, uh, going to need to develop that as a series. We definitely felt the characters and the world is so rich and there was so much possibility that we definitely wanted to tell the story properly and develop the character properly. And exactly like you said, the second kind of intensive was that, you know, there is a lot of content that it's needed, especially with COVID and people being stuck at home and wanted to watch. And we do definitely feel that um, that we might be more lucky to get interest from a from a streaming platform to 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 wanted to invest into into the project to um to have content of their own. So that's definitely uh, one of the the second reason that we wanted to develop that as a TV series. So we're putting our package together and writing the pilot and having a timeline of of what the first season would be. Um, and then we're gonna take all of that hopefully before the end of the year to um some of some of the big networks um, um and see if they like it and hopefully we can we can see a TV series of uh, Zelandia TV series in the next few coming years. I'd be very interested in that. That's very cool. So yeah. um, you mentioned, you know, a lot of people worked on the movie were people that you knew from when you were working on other movies. How about the cast? Were they people you met on other films or how'd you go about casting? Um, so, so the lead actress, Eva, I didn't know her before, um, uh, Laura Thompson. Um, we, we had an audition organized by the New Zealand Film Commission, which was funding the movie. And so we had a few actresses um, who did an audition and we basically fell in love with her straight away and thought that she'll be the perfect character. So I didn't know her before. But yes, um, John Bage, who plays the kind of older gentleman in the film, I did the, the TV series Spartacus with him. That's how I, I started to know him. Then he played... Um, uh, uh, in The Hobbit as well. So I, I knew from that shoot there. And then Shane Rangi, who plays the main mean robot, he was actually in Lord of the Rings. He's a he's really famous. He's a stunt guy, an actor, and a, a performance movement person. So he does a lot of prosthetic and a lot of big creature um, uh, in big international movies. And I, I, I became friends with him um, over the years. And and so when, when, we, when my partner kind of wrote the robot after the few lines that I read, I was like, okay, well, I know exactly who's going to play that character. And so I gave Shane a call and, um, and that's how we got, we got together. And then all the extras that you see in the short film, um, in, on the Hobbit trilogy, I was, um, first I was the second assistant director on set and then I became the first assistant director for the Splinter Unit. And we met all these extras that were part of Lake Town which is a town on the lake. They call themselves the Lake Towners and they organized a big group and they stayed together, in touch together. And they just basically kept having events and, you know, talking together. So when we needed extras um, and refugees, I basically stayed in touch with them. And I went onto their website and I said, hey, remember me guys? We met on The Hobbit. I'm doing a film here. Would you be keen to kind of join me on the journey? And and we are, I had a crazy, massive, good response and they all came back and we had an amazing time together and I stayed in touch with quite a lot of them and um you know beautiful community and um you know I'll, I'll say hi to all the late times yeah, if they, if they're awesome. listening. yeah Those, uh, we do an annual like a uh, month where we do behind behind the monsters and we interview uh you know a lot of actors who play the monsters and it's fun because you know some of them don't necessarily get a lot of notoriety because you know 
they don't you know soon so it would be cool maybe we can get shane on uh, next time we do that Oh, you should you should look definitely look him up. He's um he's uh he's played um in Lord of the Rings. He's the main guy on the big elephant. He's leading the charge with oh, the, nice. the big um, elephant there. He's done stuff um uh like I said creatures for like so many orcs and goblins and things. But obviously all the time with a mask on. And he's been doing a lot of villains on on a lot of movies. Obviously he was one of the villain on Spartacus TV series as well um, on the first season. And so he's a he's a highly experienced very talented the most nice person uh, that you'll ever encounter so uh yeah highly highly suggest that you get in touch it'll be very interesting to talk to him very cool so you know there's a lot of stuff made in new zealand how about um do the movies play well there like like you make a short film and it's playing at festivals will it play in new zealand will people go see it in new zealand yep totally so we we got lucky to be selected this kind of three three, four main festivals in New Zealand and we got selected to to um to most of them, which was really good. And we organized like QA and A and and um and, and we were there for the vision. So there was definitely people who went to you know saw it here in New Zealand. Um obviously the film because it's still touring in festivals, it hasn't been released either on the internet or or kind of publicly. But we we um we we hope that when the festival tour is, is done that we will be able to see to a broader audience um in New Zealand as well. But New Zealand is like Every country they like, um, um, you know, sci-fi and and fantasy world, and um, and so the and and because the movie is about New Zealand as a country, um, uh, you know, we got we got quite a, a lot of interest, um, and and a few people came and uh, and saw the film. Yeah, did you get to see it then with an audience in the theater? Yep, yep, did it oh, a few cool. times and did a Q and A, and um, it's funny because uh, um, during the whole movie. Um, it was complete silence. Um, and you know, when you've got a comedy, you you know right. if your movie is good or not because you you know you yeah. hear people laughing. But or even a horror movie, a lot of people react. But yeah, exactly. More of, yeah, and yeah. then so for this one, it was really silent, and, and I was like, oh my god, you know, I bored all of these people. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the film, they came in and they said that it was wonderful and had an amazing feedback and um but i think i think people the the, the main comments that i like um about the film i'm not pretending that the film is the best film ever made um i think the the, the one the one thing we wanted to tell to tell our story well a story and we wanted to entertain people so we wanted to hook people and just go into the journey with the character of eva and just go through the film and the main comment and, and 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 things that I like about what people say about the film is that they say we are basically hooked and we think that the film lasts two minutes and we basically start on the journey and 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 we just get hooked right until the end and that was the the main thing you know sometimes short films or films can have the ups and down and kind of you can lose the audience and we really um, work hard to have a high pace and making sure that people kind of follow the journey of the character from start to finish and and that was the kind of one of the best comments that we had from the audience yeah that's actually hard to do in a short i think to to have a story arc because a lot of short films really are almost like a punchline. like there's something happened and then the last scene is something and that's the short but uh it's to have an actual arc in a, in a short film is uh is difficult i think yeah, no, it, it was difficult, and um, um, but so I don't know if we have achieved it, achieved it, but so you know, people seem to to respond quite well to the film, which we are really pleased about, of course. Yeah. So, are you working on uh, anything currently? Uh, I was until we we Hello. got into um, into lockdown. But yeah, I'm I'm working currently on a film as an assistant director, on a first assistant director. It's a, a New Zealand feature film 
um, about a rugby team uh, from Tonga that um, um, did a game at the 2011 Rugby World Cup and we're following some characters and we, we're supposed to resume the filming uh, mid-October. Um, and then at the same time, I'm breaking down um, script for um, bigger project that, that might come to New Zealand um, um, in the next year. And Avatar is going to start again. There uh, some filming here in New Zealand as well um, pretty soon. Uh, so there's, there's still big projects coming up here in New Zealand. Just, uh, I don't know if you, you don't, if you don't want to talk about this, fine. But I'm just curious how you know other countries you know re- react to this when they when they announce there's a lockdown in New Zealand. Does everyone you know pretty much just like okay, this is what we have to do for the for the good of the country, and or are there people that are anti you know lockdown? I live um, in America, and there's a lot of people that are you know. It's different. Well, definitely, definitely the first lockdown worked really well. Um, we, um, the, our prime minister just definitely uh, uh, passed on the message that if we work as a team, we'll, um, we'll be able to eradicate the virus. That's what happened in the first lockdown. And we had a lockdown of, of four weeks, if I remember correctly. And after that, like I said, we had a year of, of, of virus free. So we totally understood that, that, that doing that and being locked down would definitely help the country. I think it's different in New Zealand because we are a smaller island. Um, it's, it's a lot easier to control the borders. And obviously, if you keep the, the virus at bay, um, you, you are allowed to live um, you know, in the country almost as a, you know, as a n- normal times. Um, and so when, when this lockdown came through, um, definitely people understood that, that the, re- the, the way we beat the, the virus before, so we could do it again. Um, I have to say that now with the Delta variant, which is a lot more aggressive um, and obviously takes longer to control, we, the, the, the government does have the pressure of the economic situation and and businesses that survived the first lockdown are definitely pushing and are very nervous about extending lockdown more than we more than we we have to because of those reasons, because they still need to earn money. And the other thing as well is that we realize here in New Zealand that we cannot keep doing that forever. We cannot close the borders of the country, you know, forever. We, we do have to, at some point, open the borders to the world. And so there's a lot of discussion in the country about how are we going to do it? What are the measures we're going to put in place? Um, but everybody and the government as well is, is totally understand that we cannot just live in our own bubble, you know, and, and, and close everything to the world. And uh, we do have to live to, to, to learn how to live with the virus like everybody else. So um, there's definitely a sense of, 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 of what we need to do to, to basically live with the virus, I would say. But the main thing here is, is again, is the vaccination. They, they, the government is pushing a lot to vaccinate as many people as, as possible. And, uh, and that's what um, uh, the New Zealanders are, are doing. Yeah. Are, are most people in New Zealand you know, vaccinated and pro-vaccine? Or is there a lot of anti-vaccination people there? Or? Oh, there, there is, but um, I would say that the vast majority is pro-vaccine. Um, I mean, the people that I've talked about, I talked to, you know, talked around me are definitely pro-vaccine. Um, the, um, we didn't have a lot of vaccination um, ratio before this lockdown, uh, just because I think New Zealand thought that they were not a priority right. um, in I, terms yeah. of vaccine because we didn't really have the vaccine. But now that the second lockdown has started, they definitely the government has pushed to um, uh, amp up the, uh, the vaccination. So we have big centers. They now have buses that goes around and you can get vaccinated um, as the bus arrives into you, your neighborhood and your suburb. And um, so definitely now the, the number of people vaccinated has, you know, boomed um, over the last few over the last few years the, the last few weeks so um, it's uh, definitely the, the the aim is to to get close to the 80 80 90 percent of vaccination 
Yeah. I mean, you know, main thing, like I miss going to the movies and festivals, but, you know, main thing is I want everyone to be safe. So. Yeah, totally. And and that's the thing that we realized as well. And we were so fortunate. Um, we were looking at all the lockdowns into the world, you know, in the world. And I've got my family back in Europe. And, you know, I was sending them photos of me in a stadium, looking at watching a rugby game. And there was like 25,000 people in the stadium with no mask or anything. And we were doing that, you know, months ago when, when, when the rest of the world was completely, you know, still in full lockdown. So we do appreciate and realize um, kind of what we need to do um, to kind of go back to 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 what we had, and people understand that that if we do the right thing, we can go back to um to that sense of normality, even though it's never going to be normal again. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, I hope uh, you know you and your family. Everyone's been safe. So. Well, in, and the same for for all of you guys. It's really see. It's really. Um, I was really pleased to see that um that festivals are now opening up because that's the main thing that I'm gutted about, about the film doing it's so well around yeah, the world. No, I miss them myself. No, yeah. no, normally you make a film and then you, you, you go and meet people in person and you make connection and you talk about other filmmakers and you learn from them and, and you meet maybe producers that might be interested to make your film. And now, I mean, I'm really happy to be talking to you via Zoom, but it's not the same thing as we would be yeah. maybe, you know, me traveling to, to see you guys in person and to be part of you of, of the festival. So I'm definitely missing that from that year. Um, on we because of the of the viruses that uh, I missed out on on traveling and meeting people properly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, your movie is going to be playing at Shriekfest, uh, Zealandia, which I really liked. I, I, I thought it was uh, re- done really well, and I'm excited to to see more of it. So I'm glad that you're uh, going to expand it. Yeah, well, thank you very much. It's definitely a pleasure um, to be part of the festival and to be talking to you um, as well. So I hope that people at Trickfest will be able to uh, enjoy the film um, as much as we, as we loved making it. Yeah. And uh, where can people follow either? The, I don't know if you have a social media for Zealandia or yourself or, or your, your yeah, film. There's company. a Facebook page um, uh, for the short film Zealandia. Um, uh, it's, it's a Zealandia short film. Uh, so it's very easy to find on Facebook. Um, there's an Insta- Instagram as well, um, Zealandia short film. So um, uh, we put various news on, on how the, the film is, is doing um, through fe- the festivals. And then we'll be posting more information about the TV series when we've got um, some announcements to make. Very cool. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing more from you. Definitely. And hopefully in the next few years, I'll be able to travel to, um, um, to meet you maybe in person in New York or, or, or meet you at a festival somewhere in the world. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Great. Very nice to talk with you. Yeah. Same, same. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. Thank you. And we'll all talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming!